Well, hey, thanks so much. Hey, guys, it's so good to be back. Uh, Melissa sends her love. She was actually wanting to come back this week, and I said, look, no, because she actually doesn't start. She's on annual leave at the moment. She doesn't start back till Tuesday. I said, no, let me come in. I've got a word. Uh, you take the, take the Sunday off and start strong for the year. So she's already feeling really refreshed, really pumped up, ready to get into it, as am I. Cool. So everyday worship. Uh, what a, I'm thrilled. My first message for the year, speaking about uh, everyday worship, speaking about a lifestyle of worship, um, and what a better chance but to wear my everyday T-shirt. Um, so we, we've, as going through this series, Pastor Chinyama spoke about being created to worship, how we're created to worship. Pastor Adele spoke how uh, worshiping through the storm, and it's such a valuable point. It's one of the few chances we get to actually offer a sacrifice of praise to actually praise when it costs us something. And, and this morning, I want to uh, finish up with talking about everyday worship. Uh, so uh, the, the passage I'm really working from this morning is uh, Romans chapter 12. I want to hit it from a couple of angles. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Lord, we just thank you. For your spirit, Lord. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you that in you is every good thing. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here. I pray that as I preach this word, that it becomes more than words, becomes more than sound, uh, that it becomes truth, Lord. That it enters and permeates our hearts and is able to divide between the joints and marrow and the motives and intentions of our heart, Lord, and actually truly cause repentance, Lord. Truly renew our minds and bring, bring us more into your image. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, because of God's mercy, because of the amazing things God's done in your life, because of the amazing things God's done across history, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, your life as a sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Who loved sitting here with Ben and Karen leading us in worship? Awesome. I love it every time Ben comes out. Karen is just always amazing. But the Bible doesn't call the singing worship. It's a part of worship. It's an aspect of worship. But that's not what worship is in its entirety. Worship in its entirety is a life lived to please God. Worship in its entirety is a life devoted to God, given to God. So as we sing, that's just an expression, one aspect of our worship. So this is saying your true and proper worship is a life that is, uh, is holy and pleasing, a living sacrifice. Um, I love how Romans, uh, I love how the message puts that same, that same verse. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Take your life, your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around, and place it before God as an offering. That's worship. A life that's placed before God as an offering is worship. True and proper worship. They're like, uh, Jacob, big on sleep. 
like that. How can I make that worship? Uh, I like, you know, you know that you can worship by doing anything. It says here that you can put your sleep as worship. Man, you go to bed at night. I go to bed at night and it's like, I'm one of the people who fight sleep. Like I actually have to make myself go, I have to give myself a bedtime. Otherwise I'm up till morning. I'll be, and I'll be like, but as soon as I get there, I'm so happy. Get in my little bed and I tuck up my little pillow and I'm just so happy. And it's just like me and God. And I actually remember being a really little boy and being the same all the time. Finally, it's just me and God. All the noises have stopped and I'm just, hi God, it's me. And you have the opportunity just to think and dream and no one interrupts, nothing interrupts. You can't see anything at all. And you know, it's just a downhill slide into nothing and it's just this time where you're able just to connect with God and, and, and that's your, your life is worship. Your sleep is worship. Uh, uh, Colossians, Paul writes in Colossians 3.23, says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. He's saying whatever you're doing, do it to God whatever you're doing work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord what does that do that turns your work into worship that turns your everyday ordinary stuff into worship <laughs> there's this guy Nimrod just you wake up in the morning you've got nothing to be thankful for just praise God your name's not Nimrod <laughs> there's any Nimrods out there <laughs> Disclaimer, it's a great name for you, just not for the rest of us. This, this is, listen to this. It's talking about Nimrod and it starts to talk about what a great guy is and things he's achieved. And then it says this in Genesis chapter 10 verse 9. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. That is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. This guy, his hunting was worship. He's off doing, feeding his family recreation out in the bush and that's worship because he was doing it before God he was turning an everyday activity into worship and he was known for it he wasn't just known for being a mighty hunter he was known for a hunter who worshipped he was known for for doing it he was known for a lifestyle of worship it doesn't stop there it can't stop there now, let, let's take this, uh, 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 because remember, how did we start? We started by, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. It didn't stop there. Holy and pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. So if it's not pleasing to God, you can offer your body as a sacrifice. And if it's not done in a way that's pleasing to God, you missed it. It's not worship. You can, uh, so people do some horrible stuff in the name of God. You just got to turn the news on and, and, and people have done some terrible stuff in the name of God. I promise you that is not worship. It says it has to be pleasing to God. So how do we, okay, cool, I, I want to, I, I made this commitment to a lifestyle of worship. I loved how Pastor Chinyama said that I'm created for it. And Adele walked us through a storm like that. There is no time where worship is not appropriate. There is no time where there isn't, there's, not a, there, there's no time where it's not part of our, our life, where God doesn't want it, where God doesn't desire it, where God doesn't require it. How, how can I turn my normal life into this lifestyle of worship? Glad you asked. It has to be done in a way that pleases him. It has to be done in a way that brings glory to him. So this is where I, I really got... Do you have those times where you're reading your... See, I'm, uh, I'm reading through 
just through the Bible, strangely enough. You'd hope your pastor's reading through the Bible. No, but I'm, I'm on a new reading plan, and the start of the year I've opened up to uh, one of the places where I'm starting, starting at Genesis, starting at Matthew, and then Pro- Proverbs and Psalms. And I've started in Matthew, and I'm reading through Matthew. And I'm not preparing for a sermon, just on my holiday, just happily reading my Bible, me, my coffee, and God. And then God just went, whack! I'm reading it, and he just slapped me in the face. He just confronted me. And it was a passage in, uh, in Matthew, obviously, seeing as it was the book I was reading. Matthew chapter 5, and verse 16, it's in for, it was reading from the Passion, which, which I so encourage reading different translations, because sometimes we can get into a rut with our, our scriptures. We know what's coming next, and you can almost... Uh, but then we have a different translation. It just hits it from another angle. It just sort of says it in a way that's just like... You know how you, uh, husbands, you, you know what I mean. You'll say the same thing all the time, not get any feedback. Parents, I'm pretty sure where, where we, we get it as well. And then one time your wife will come in and say, hey, I just got told this thing and it's just changed my whole life. I've been saying this to you for so long. But it was just someone come in and said the same thing a different way, hit it from an and just boom. And, and I reckon reading a different translation is like that. I was reading the Passion Translation and it said this, so don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and they will give their, talking about other people, they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. So it's talking about, it says, don't shine your light. Let your light shine brightly before others. Does that say let the light of God shine brightly? No, it doesn't. It says let your light shine brightly. So... That the commendable things you do, what's a commendable thing? The good things you do will shine as light upon them, who's them, people, so that they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Do good things so people praise and worship God. Live a life that causes others to worship God. If you're ever in a relationship with God and God's doing something in your life and it stops with you, there is a problem because my God is not a God where it stops. The scripture says from glory to glory, uh, from, in, from, more, from increase to increase. Like from the, light, the light of the, the righteous gets sh- shines brighter and brighter. If it stops with you, there's a problem. A lifestyle of worship is a life that, yes, we worship and we commit it to God, but then it causes others to worship. If it stops with you, it's not the plan. The plan, <laughs> we, we can cut things off, but that wasn't God's plan. So we're at this place where it says, don't hide your light. And that's what slaps me. Sometimes I feel like we've got an option. Do it, don't do it. It says, don't do it. This is like Jesus saying, don't do it. This is not your mum saying, don't do it. Sometimes if my wife says, don't do it, I'm like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Sometimes if someone tells me, I'm going to do that, just because you said I'm not going to. It's like, that's cool. You do whatever you like because you have to face your own consequences. But this is Jesus saying, don't do it. He's saying, don't don't hide your light live your life in such a way that it causes others to glorify god causes others to worship and now this was when when i first started to get a grip of this concept it really challenged me because there's another scripture which seems to totally contradict it it's one verse it's one chapter over it's in matthew still same guy talking same preacher preaching same man writing it's only like a page across. It's not like it's totally forgot all about that and he's on a whole different story. It's just he's still in the same vein, talking, just re- re- reminding us, recording the words of Jesus. And he says this in, in Matthew chapter 6. He says, Watch out. Do not do your good deeds publicly. 
to be admired by others, for you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. I'm like, oh, Jacob, either God's schizophrenic, Matthew's got it wrong, or God wants us to do things, good things, let other people see them. So there's two things I can do. I can do what he says, not let people see him and keep my reward, or I can do things, let other people see him, then lose my reward. I'm so confused here, Jesus. So first question is, is Jesus schizophrenic? Well, we'll let's just say no. We'll go with no. Is Matthew off the wall? Well, he's just recorded divine scripture, which says all scripture is God-breathed, which means if it came into the canon, it actually had to come from not just the pen of Matthew, but the, but the, but the mouth of God. So let's say no, Matthew's account is reliable. So we've got a problem, or do we? Or do we? Chapter 5 says, don't hide your light, let it shine brightly before others. Matthew says, do you, Matthew 5 says, do your good deeds publicly. Matthew 6 says, don't do your good deeds publicly. But there's not a full stop at the end of that. It's a comma. It's a comma. Can we get Matthew 6, 1 and the NLT up? Do not do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. Don't do your good deeds to be admired by others. It's all about motive. It's all about motive. See, in chapter 5, Matthew said, do your good deeds that others would see them to give glory to God. In 6, he's saying, don't do them to bring glory to yourself. And, I, this used to, I like, and this is a hard thing for people. This is a hard thing for people. I remember struggling with this when I was, uh, you, uh, you know, I remember I was working for Pastor Malcolm. And he's like, Jacob, you've got to let, he's like, you've got to let people know all these things that you're doing, that these are good things. You need to let people understand. But, and I'm like, yeah, but don't do your good deeds publicly. And, all that. and Malcolm's like, how good do you think the things you're doing are? They're not that good. <laughs> so I settle down. They're good. They're not like you know, Jacob's the new Messiah. Good. They're like just good things. And like, and it's just like, and it really is like we've actually got to stop and look. It's like, okay, how good are the things we're doing actually are? Let, let, let's just take stock. So yeah, they're a good thing. But when we bring them to to glorify ourselves, we lose our reward. And that doesn't even say that if people give glory to God for it, it says if you do it to. Bring attention to yourself. You lose your reward. Good outcome or not on the other side of it. God will win, but you'll lose your reward. Motive. Because remember, it's worship. Remember, it's worship. It's all about him. It's all about him. He says, do your good deeds to be seen by others to point them to him. It's all about him and it's all about others. It's not about you. And that's the definition of worship. That's the whole, remember that your life is lived as an offering, not yours. An offering's given. It's like you, you know, the collection comes around, you put your money. Remember when we used to have buckets back in the old days? 2019 seems like such a long time ago. And it's just like, oh, you know what, down the road, down the, through the week and you're actually running a bit short. It's, oh, Pastor Mel, I, I, I gave an offering but I, I want it back. And I don't, like, I'm not suggesting you do it. Probably could be arranged. But we're dealing with people where the context that they were talking about was you take an animal, kill it, put it on 
take it to a big barbecue, burn it before God. You ain't getting that thing back. It's, it's given, it's done. This is something that's been taken to God, presented and released. So we're talking about living a life that is given to God and released for Him. So we're at this point where it's like, okay, you're calling me to live for you in such a way that it shines and brings glory to you. It's not easy. It's not easy. Because as much as we call it humility, most of the time it's actually insecurity. And we're at a point where we just don't want people looking at us. Like we want people looking at us on our terms, but we don't want people seeing us. You know what I mean? You want them looking at you, but you don't want them seeing you. Just me. There's this lady called uh, Marianne Wilson, and she wrote this thing, and Nelson Mandela actually uh, quoted her in his inauguration speech, inauguration speech, and he said this, she, she wrote this, she said, Our deepest fears are not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are so powerful, is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine like children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. We call it humility. We paint it with religion and say it's some pure motive, but too often it's not. Too often it's insecurity. Too often it's, I don't want people seeing me. And as a guy, the biggest question we've actually got as a man is, is am I enough? Do I have what it takes? And for a guy to be exposed from that, it's unbearable. And if you're going to be seen by others, you have to actually be open to the fact. Now, let me just quickly tell you a little secret. You're not enough. You don't have what it takes. You don't. You don't. The first man, perfect man, genetically perfect, fathered by God himself, manufactured by the hands of God, wasn't enough. He blew it. So two things is you are going to blow it. But the main thing is, is that it's, we're leaning on the grace of God. By myself, I'm not enough. With God, I am enough. My Bible tells me that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. There's nothing I can't do through him who strengthens me. It says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And all I've got to start doing is taking my eyes off me and putting my eyes on Jesus because that's worship getting my eyes off myself and my eyes on the one who's worthy is worship. Living like my eyes are on the one who's worthy is worship. If I'm living like my eyes are on myself, it is worship, but not to God. It's worshipping almighty King Jacob. All bow, all hail to... That won't last you long. It won't last me long. It's fun for about 20 minutes until I've got a bellyache from eating too much chicken. There's, all it is is indulgence. 
all it is 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 when you look at yourself and 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 you run out of yourself pretty quick so we're called to live this lifestyle of worship i want to take this a step further do we have time to do that we do ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 never doubt god's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes now we offer up to god all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest in time and eternity. Listen to this. Does this sound like worship to you? All the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Christ Jesus and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Sounds like worship to me. Man, I want to be in on that set. I don't care if I'm sitting up the back. I'll be like, just get me in the room. But that sentence didn't start there. Let's turn. Can we go there, Paula? Starts here. Now. Now. When's now? Now is after. After God has done infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, exceeding your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. After God has done everything that you ask, after God has exploded through your life, now, now is all praise and glory to God in the church, through Christ Jesus, in all generations. It's a response. It's a response for what God's done in your life. Because notice it doesn't say in you. Now all praise comes from you. It doesn't say that. It says in the church, across generations. Now, when? After God's done an amazing thing through your life. God's used your life spectacularly. Now. I love how the, in the, uh, the, the message, when, they, when he's finished saying he will outdo them all for his miraculous power, constantly, miraculous power constantly energizes you. In, in the message, it, it doesn't even stop to explain what's happening. It just bursts into praise. It's like, glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory in the, down the generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh, yes. There's not even a, any warning that this is coming. It's God's going to do amazing things through your life. And then, bam, the worship starts. But it doesn't stop there because we move straight into chapter 4 of Ephesians where it says this, As a prisoner of the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In the message, it puts it like this. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up, here is a prisoner for the master. This is Paul. He's in prison. He's writing in the book of Ephesians. I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet run. On the road, uh, God has called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. In light of this, in light of the fact that God has called you to a life that will explode in worship, 
will cause an explosion of worship, not just in your life, in other people's lives, in the church, across the generations. In light of that, get off your hands. In light of that, get busy. In light of that, start to walk in the calling that God has placed in your life. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. From the NIV, it says this. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in light of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Isaiah 60, uh, 21 says this. Then... All your people will be righteous and they will possess the land forever. They are a shoot I have planned, the work of my hands for the display of my splendor. Then we start this walk with God. We start doing what he says. Don't be afraid to shine. You know what? People are going to look. And I'm not talking about, and this, this is, okay, this is, we're Pentecostal church. So for the conservative people, it's time to just... A little shundy in your barramundi. <laughs> worship that is not demonstrated, that is not displayed, is not worship. It's not. It's a nice feeling you had. You see, I remember when I first got saved, when I first came back to God. I grew up in, uh, I, I grew up in church, and at the age of thirteen, I thought I knew better than everybody, and I went off and lived life my own way. Turns out I was wrong, spectacularly so. So spectacularly wrong, I had to go to Teen Challenge Drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation Center on the other side of the, of the desert, where I had a little room and I had bedtime, bedtime, wake up time, all these things, and I had to learn how to live again. And one of the most fundamental parts of living again was being in church. And one of the most basic parts of a successful life was being in church. And I remember I was at the back. I started at the back row. You weren't even allowed to sit on the back row. But I was there. And they were gracious to me. I thought I was tough and cool. I didn't realize I'd just been kind. But I'm there, the worship team's singing. And I'm looking at them like, because I've got a, I'm starting to detox pretty bad. I'm pretty sick. Noise is bad right now. And they're making noise. And I'm at the back, I'm death staring these people. I'm looking at them like, I'll cut you down. Shh. And as I started to, God just, just come through anyway. He met that guy there. Come through anyway. Softened my heart. And then I found myself off the back row. Huge step, second back row. And then... God just kept working in my heart and kept getting more free and I started to feel his mercy and in view of the mercy, there was an internal response and I wanted just to, and what started to happen was, I don't think the camera is going to go down to my foot, but there was a little tap, a little tap, hands still in my pockets, still, but there was a tap. And I look at some people at the front, their arms were raised and they're celebrating God and they were, they were expressing the mercy that they'd received. Because of the mercy they'd received, they were, were pouring it out and being expressive and, 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 and putting it as an offering before God. And then here I was with my tap. 
wasn't much, but that's all I had. Because I was too cool. I was too distinguished, if you like. And, but as God just kept working in my heart, then there was the little hands moved to the side. There's a name for this move in worship. It's called Hold the TV. You got two hands down here. Hold the TV. No one can see, though, because they're all looking at me, remember? Because why? Because I just spent the massive portion of my life worshipping me. My eyes were on me. My eyes were on me. Therefore, I thought everyone else's eyes were on me. Because I was worshipping myself. And then here I was with my little hold the TV. And then as I started to just, just the mercy got greater in my life and the response just started to have to come out. Had to come out. If it was there, it had to come out. As we move from hold the TV to, I don't know what you'd call this. Please, sir, may I have some more? (laughs) And then at some point, the rebel in me kicked in. Because there was this thing in me that said, nah, Jacob, we're not like that. This, This is our people aren't like this. We don't do this stuff, mate. We're cool. We're from Belmont. We, we don't show our emotions. We don't express ourselves. And then the rebel kicked in and said, who are you? Tell me what to do. I'll do what I please when I please. Hands are up. I'm like, stuff you devil, stuff you, the, the part of me that thinks he's in charge anymore. God, here I am. Because in view of the mercy, it had to come out. In view of the mercy, it had to come out. And so what was happening, it was being displayed through the, the, through, through the, the, the time set aside for musical worship. But just as much as that's the case when we're sitting there with our two slow songs, with our two fast songs and our two slow songs waiting between the, the offering is going to come out and the preacher's going to get up and it, it, exactly the same way, exactly the same way, the rest of our life is, is no different. If your life, in view of God's mercy, if you're living with a life pointed to God, it's going to shine. It's going to show. It's going to show. And then what happens? Other people see it and they praise God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray. Lord... We are so committed to living a life of worship. God, I pray that we are able to take our eyes off ourselves for long enough to realize that it's you, that, that, that it's you. <laughs> that we can stop and just see the amazing mercy that you've poured out in our lives. And our response would be worship. Our response would be sacrifice. Our response would be laying down the things that have kept us bound. Laying down the things that have gotten between us and our destiny. We need you, God. We need you. You know, God's called you to live a life that is so much bigger than you. God has called you to live a life that when others look at it, they glorify Him. I know God's got a lot more to do in my life, but can I just tell you that some of my very good friends, two of my, my, my two brothers, they all came to God because they could see the amazing things he did in my life. And it didn't make them think, oh, Jacob's the best. I'm going to go and read his self-help guru book. 
And no, no, it was like, hey, Jacob, I know you. It's because this isn't you. Tell me who helped you. God's able to take a broken life. Someone who was addicted, suicidal, unemployable, couldn't even get out of bed. And, and, and take even that and use, it, use that person to, to shine so brightly that others would see them, see the things that what God was doing through their life and give glory to Him. You know, my Bible tells me that God made you on purpose. He made you for a purpose. He's put gifts and talents and abilities in you. Not just for you, for you, yes, not just for you. You know that God gives you gifts and then your gift to Him is using those gifts. That's how you give them back to Him, is you use them. That's how you worship, is you use your gifts. He's, made, he's got a call on your life. And I just would love to give anyone here that has never made that decision to just to put their trust in God before. I'd love to give you that opportunity right now. If you, you couldn't say to me, Jacob, I, I, I've answered God when He's called. If you, if you could tell me right now, you're living your own way, living for yourself. And you say to me that today you would say, Jacob, I want to live for God. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you, I would just invite you to put your hand in the air. If you're online, just put respond in the comments. Just one moment longer. We're going to say a prayer as a church. And I'd invite you online to, to join us as well. I just want you to repeat after me. This is the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And if you want to be a part of that, follow along. Dear Jesus, today I repent of my sins. I turn toward you. I ask you to become the Lord of my life. Forgive me for living life my own way. From today forward, I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we believe you got born again. God's done a miracle in your heart. I would love to have a talk with you afterwards. And in one moment, I'm going to turn over to the, to the worship team. And if you made that decision, I'd love to pray with you. Or if you'd like prayer for anything else, come forward. Um, Pastor Adele and I would love to pray with you. But God's got big plans for your life. It says, we just read that it's not just for some, it's for everyone. As we start this new year, let's do it intentionally. Let's stop shrinking back in the name of humility, which is actually insecurity. And let's start to shine for God, hey? Let's live that lifestyle of worship. Amen? Amen. Hey, thanks, team.